Hey guys, uh, welcome back. It's TMJ Syndrome time, and today is a super chill episode. We talk about movies, we talk about video games, the two things you love. I'm Mitch. I'm Jason. I'm Tim. Let's do it. Uh, I had a friend that played a lot of the resident evil games every time one came out he would play it and i i remember there was one that it came out and uh i played like part of it and i remember it being multiplayer but i don't remember which one it was because i remember playing it with a group multiplayer a resident evil game yeah do you know which one he's talking about jason what Resident Evil game that's multiplayer? Well, they all had multiplayer. Oh, well. So it's not okay, much well I that, know. that doesn't help. Resident Evil release dates. So, so wait, Resident Evil 5 might be the one you're talking about. I th- that sounds around, yeah, that one came out in 2009. That, one, that was the first co-op game that also, and it also had a versus multiplayer. It might have been that one or it might have been 4. Well, four didn't have four. Only had local multiplayer, so it didn't. Okay, have, I wasn't. I wasn't playing over the internet. I know I wasn't playing over the internet. So maybe that was it. Because it looks like Resident Evil Four came out in two thousand five, and that seems like more around the time that I played it. And then I also played. I think I bought Resident Evil Five, and I played like five minutes of the game, and then I stopped. Uh, Resident Evil Five was not very good. Oh, well, there you go. That's why. Which was the one? It was like the first Resident Evil game that came out for the N64. Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2. Yep. So I'm pretty sure that was the one that I went and rented. And that's when I discovered that I didn't really like horror games. Because. Y'all a bunch of bitches. I was, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bitch. So Resident Evil like, is not even scary. Oh my God, it's so scary. No, it is not. Silent Hill are, is scary. Because things are jumping at you, Jason. I don't. And... You're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's okay? So you know what's hilarious? Uh, I oh, and hilarious to me, I should say. Um, you know how I don't like horror movies? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have never had a problem with zombie horror movies or because games you're or anything. That's why. But zombies are the least scary thing on the planet. Yeah. Unless they were real. And then there's like the most scary thing on the planet. Well, it depends on what kind of zombie, right? Like, are we talking about the slow kind that just kind of like trot along? Because those ones aren't really scary. But if we're talking like the fast chasers, like, like, uh, what's that movie with Will Smith? Um, I am legend. I am legend. Yeah. Like those zombies are more terrifying. They're vampires, though. Were they I mean, vampires? The original they, I Am they, Legend, they, they were vampires. They could not come out in the sunlight in the movie. That either, is true. Didn't, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they didn't really in the I Am Legend movie. They didn't really describe them as vampires, but it's definitely what they were. Because that was that was actually a remake of a Charlton Heston movie called Omega Man. Oh, and. <sighs> In the Omega Man movie, which is also a really good Charlton Heston movie, 
they are they are literally vampires like the the main antagonist dude is like oh the sun like bad acting and all hmm yep okay did not know that i knew it was based so was that movie because there was an i am legend like a book yeah the book is completely different than the movie i think both of those movies are based off of the same book yeah Okay. Like but in so the, the book, in the Will Smith movie, they make him into a sympathetic hero. In the book, he's a villain. He's a villain. And yes, he's a he's seen vampire vampire society has moved on and started their own society, and he's basically a fucking murderer. That's that's the moral of the story in I Am Legend, the book. He is like, not. He is not. There's seen no humans left, so he's the only one. He's like, the bad guy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if there's no humans left, then like you're what are you murdering? You're murdering monsters, right? And so, like, does it really matter? It's all a whole bad. Well, no, view, right? because the book shows him to be the monster. Oh, it should read that book. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> way better than the movie. Hmm. So hmm. that's the whole point. It's a subversion of what you expect. And but the the big money Hollywood f- uh, fools are like, well, we we can't we can't do that. People won't, won't give us money if they don't get so, what they expect. Then why would they give us money? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so first of all, I Am Legend is only the book is only 160 pages long. No, so that's like a really quick read. Yeah, so you could read that. In I could like read that a in couple like a months. Night. Or a couple months. That's probably that's more realistic. Uh, <laughs> there have been four movie adaptations. So there's I Am Legend in 2007, The Omega Man 1971, The Last Man on Earth 1964, and then another one called I Am the Omega that came out in 2007, the same year as I Am Legend. What? Yeah. It, there was a, I Am Omega like a competing script. I Am Omega. Is it one of those B movies that comes out? Uh, probably. Yes, because it was uh, straight to DV. Oh my god, and it's on Amazon Prime, so there we go. You can you can go and watch that right now, man. I'm gonna so I'm gonna spoil this forever. Like we're gonna spoil this. So this is the end of the book. If you look at Wikipedia, Neville goes to his prison window and sees the infected waited for his execution. He now sees that the infected view him with the same hatred and fear that he once felt for the vampires. He realizes that he, a remnant of old humanity, is now a legend to a new race born of the infection. Just as vampires are monsters that hunt humans during the time of day, they are not active night. He is a feared monster that hunts vampires during the day night hours or daylight hours when they are asleep. What they he goes like to be executed or some shit? Yeah, they they eventually catch his ass, put him in a fucking prison. Like prison? Because oh, okay. they're they're a semi civilized society, they just changed. See, that's uh, funny. Okay, because like the Will the Will Smith movie is completely yeah. It's it was that's why that when I went and saw close. it because I didn't see the Charlton has film and I read the book and I went and saw it. I was the only one pissed and everyone's like, "Why are you mad?" I'm like, "Because that's not what fucking happens at <laughs> all." Okay, <laughs> I, I might have to watch the Charlton because the Charlton Heston one, the antagonists absolutely are like walking, talking, like they're not just like monsters. So I don't know if because Charlton Heston, you know, he had a string of movies that were like the turn your expectations on their heads. So that sounds like that movie could have probably been one of those two, right? 
Probably. I haven't seen it. I have to see it. Spoiler but... alert. Sonic Green is made of people. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Well, now I might have to. I'm going to pick up this book. See, okay, $8 for uh, the the book for a 160 page book. That's like. That's like way overkill. Hey, you wonder a little bit. So, uh, uh, well, since we're talking about adaptations, so have you seen the preview for that Battle Angel uh, Alita? It looks really good. I like the you stylization. Know that, so that's an adaptation of an of a manga, a, a live adaptation. So what is this? Uh, Alita. It's, it, yeah, it's about a. It's about a. a, a, a it's like a, she's a cyborg, but not really. She's more. She's more like her souls within within a monster within a machine, from what I remember. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah. know what you're talking about. So, this is like the completely CGI movie that's coming out. Yeah. So expect fans to be mad at that because we don't do very well with live ad- adaptations with manga. Hmm. I get. I think Edge of Tomorrow is probably the most successful one because most people didn't know that's from a manga. It's actually a light. Actually, it's from a Japanese light novel, but still. It's not called Edge of Tomorrow. Good thing I don't care about what the fans say. It's called All You Need Is Kill, I believe. Let's look that up. You should care. You should care because that's how you that's how you get I Am Legend situations with a bad adaptation. Well, I mean, so if you if you hadn't read that book, the movie itself was pretty good. Not really. Yeah, I agree with it. I, I like the movie as <laughs> like, it was. Like, if you just take the movie as its own story, I think it was a pretty good, compelling movie. If you were looking for an adaptation of the book, obviously you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, is like, that's always, I think, a problem with adaptations from books. Like, it's always that thing. Like, are you looking for... Are are we trying to do a faithful representation of what the book was, or is it just like an a something that was inspired? I think you should get as close to as uh, get as close to as possible you can if you're doing an adaptation. I think ultimately, it really I get that not a, not everything translates, but that you should try your damnedest. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it a lot of times has to do with how much the actual author ends up being involved in yeah. the creation of the film, or like how much the person who ends up being the director of the film actually liked the book. Right. Well, and I think there, so I think there is a big difference between doing an adaptation and then being inspired by the source material. Um, and I think if we're, if you're going to go through like, so looking back at I am legend, right. I am legend. I would say that the director was inspired by the source material, but he, he put his own spin on it, but he wasn't ballsy enough to write his own story and then put a different name on it. So he wanted to use somebody else's name. Right. So like, that's, that's the thing, right? He, like, if you're inspired by a piece of work, then you shouldn't name the thing, the same thing that the inspired piece is called. If you're doing an adaptation, then it's named the same and it should be as fucking close as you can or like as close as you can. But like, you know, like obviously there, there are some things that might not translate well between books to movie to TV or whatever. And, and let me ask like there's things that you could fix. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to trap Tim a little bit because I'm going to use a wrinkle in time. I've never read the book 
and he has. So were you, did you like the movie? Cause I hear it wasn't very faithful. Um, so that like the visualization in the movie I thought was really stunning. I think the biggest thing that I had a problem with, like it definitely, it definitely had like, um, like the ending parts of it, like the the book went one way and they went a different way with it. Oh, they pulled a Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the book has a very specific moral that is trying to show. And I don't know, it's the the Wrinkle in Time movie wasn't really wasn't really showing that it was trying kind of more like uh, adapting it for a modern audience realistically. <laughs> Does the moral that the book is trying to portray at the end like hold true to today's times or is it outdated? I, I, I think so, actually, because the biggest thing about A Wrinkle in Time is the idea of individuality versus like going with the the flow versus going with the flow or going with like peer pressure, because that's like the the whole idea is that like at the very end when they find the creature called it like it is not it's not a matter of good versus evil it's a matter of beautiful chaos versus sterile uh sterile order and the idea is that things that are orderly in the galaxy are actually are actually bad because it's forcing everyone to be the same and people aren't the same people are beautifully different and that's okay but it, the the movie really made it more like this is an evil thing and we're going to fight it. So, well, oh, I see. And that and th- that bothered me because obviously I read the book and I actually really like the moral of that story. But like, I, you know, again, it's the same thing. Like if you like it's really hard to portray what I just described in a movie because <laughs> like. I don't know, people are kind of dumb. It's like is like they want they want things to just be mad at. Right. Like, oh, my God, that's scary. It's evil. Let's fight it. Whatever. Yeah. But that drives me bonkers. Yeah. I mean, that book is super nuanced. Like my my favorite, my absolute favorite scene of that entire that entire book is like and it was totally glossed over in that movie is the is the boy they get to this weird planet where everything's the same and everyone's bouncing a ball on the sidewalk and one boy drops the ball and then it's like his mother like grabs him and like brings him inside like his life is in danger (laughs) and like later on in the in the book they're in this big facility and they see that kid the same kid he's in like a room and a ball is bouncing up and down and the room is like flexing and vibrating it's causing him pain like the rhythm yeah of the ball bouncing such like a clear image of that in my head such a w- interesting thing I'll, I'll throw another one out there so i did not like the enders game adaptation at all and i know a lot of enders game people who like the books did like it and one specific part of that book was cut completely from the movie and i think without that specific part the the, the story doesn't make sense anymore it just doesn't. Um, I can tell you guys, if you have read the books, 
Ender's Game? I haven't read the book. I, I When I saw the Ender's Game movie, I felt it felt rushed to me. Well, this is why. Um, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what happened. So there's an there's an, a very entire there's a very long section of the book where Ender's brother and sister on Earth do an internet campaign to get basically get people on his side, basically, and it's a very long drawn out thing. And then everything comes together and makes sense at the end. And it's not in the movie at all. <laughs> yeah, because that's kind of like it messes with the pacing, right? You can do those kind of things in a book. It's really hard to do stuff like that in movies, I think. Yeah. But then your core story starts to feel, like you said, rushed. Yeah, I thought it felt rushed because obviously they needed something to change, slow down the pace a little bit because that's how the author intended it. Mm -hmm. But like if you slow it down with something like you're describing, it sounds like it would get, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of hard to deal with. It's like um, in Lord of the Rings. God, what what's the character's name? Um, like on their way in the Fellowship of the Ring, his name's like Tom something. He's some random like really uh, outgoing uh, kind of goofy character that they meet that gives them provisions, and they just like cut him completely out of the of the Lord of the Rings movie. And it kind of it's like that's fine because his character is kind of weird. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. Were you trying to add another example that made sense with or did not make sense? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to cut that out of the movie. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were trying to make an argument of like, oh, it didn't feel right without that Tom character in it. (laughs) I was going to say I did not feel the same. I have a weird love hate relationship, for example, for the Scott Pilgrim movie. Like it does. It goes pretty faithful up to a point. And then and then it rushes like the last, I don't know, three books. And then does their own ending, which is fine because I I kind of I kind of thought that was cool because during that time, Scott Pilgrim the book series was wrapping up. There was a video game series, and then well, not a video game coming out, very like a beaten up beat 'em up game, and then the movie and the game, the book and the movie all had their endings. But the movie ending, in my uh, in my opinion, is the worst ending. the The book ending is so epic in scale, and it would have fit so well in a movie. They just kind of, kind of gloss over and give you more like a, a an abridged version of what happens on the movie. So, like, I have a love hate relationship with adaptation because, like, the first like hour and a half of that movie is just well, maybe maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't know if it's that long, but like, the, maybe the first like forty five minutes is very good, and then it just falls off a cliff for me. It's tough, man. Yeah, that's why I don't want Netflix touching Berserk. Leave it alone. It's already had three bad adaptations. Leave it alone. The manga is king. Leave Only read the manga. What? Leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Tom Bombadil, by the way. That's what the name mm. I was looking for. It's the Lord of the Rings character that was cut from the movie. Yeah. But so like that's one reason why I almost don't want to read source material anymore because, you know, you you, you want to go to your movies with your friends and they want to go see the new thing and the new thing is based on something you've read and you're like, oh, God, here we go. I get to be Stan again. Here, where's the booze? But if I if I hadn't read the source material, it'd be less problematic. So, so should we never read books, or should we never? Go no, see I think movies? you should read books. But if you have a personality type like me, just to, I'm going to be the annoying guy at the theater. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten I've gotten to the point. Like, there's it really depends on the material, right? Because if you're talking about 
talking about something like I am legend is a good example. Like it's, it's one book. It's 126 pages. The book's good. Like I can totally get with like, Hey, this is really cool. This is a really interesting thing. We're going to use this and we're going to build off of it. And maybe we're going to make something new. Um, but we're going to use the same name. Cause fuck you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, like it, I think it there's more license to be upset when you're making an adaptation off of a very established book series. Like, like you're talking like the Dark Tower. Yeah, like oh, the Dark Tower. Okay. You're talking like Lord of the Rings or something or, you know, like God, like if they ever do another adaptation of Dresden Files, like that's just going to be I'm just I'm just have reserve myself that I'm just going to be upset. Because there's no way they could do well, it. Aren't you going to also be upset with the Dune stuff? Oh man, the D- I'm so hopeful for the Dune one. Everything that's been coming out, like so, Blade Runner 2049. You guys have both seen it, right? Yep. Have you seen it, Mitch? No, you haven't. I I, I recommend it. Um, and I'm I I I didn't think it was a bad movie. It wasn't like it wasn't like this. It wasn't. I went in that movie knowing that it wasn't going to be like the first Blade Runner. And I, I think the people who hated it were hoping it would be. So I'd already told myself, it's not going to be as good as the first. Just go in and have fun. And I did. And it was okay. So the new Dune movies are made by the same director as the Blade Runner 2049. And like it's this, that director just does such unique stylizations. And that's really the main thing that the Dune movies need. Oh, yeah, because the universe that is built by Frank Herbert in those books is so is very different from like your Star Wars, your Star Trek, your whatever. Like, it's not that kind of universe. And it can't if you try to, like, paint it like, like, oh, it's just some fucking starships. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) but um, like, I'm pretty hopeful with some of the casting choices, some of the things like I think. Ultimately, it'll probably come out and I'll probably hate it just because it I think it is so hard to do an adaptation of Dune. Like I basically just like I just hope that they it doesn't it's not just worse. So I don't know. It's not worse than the other Dune adaptations that they've already done, which haven't done a very good job with it anyway. So. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited if it's by that director. And I'll tell you, Mitch, you should see the movie just for its visuals alone. They're pretty awesome, and it's and it doesn't come off as like annoying CG, like just in your face. It's just very aesthetically pleasing. If that makes sense, it's more ambiance. I think what what the, what they did with the the graphics in that movie. Would you agree to that, Tim? With uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's like it's like when you use CG in a movie there's a like a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And that definitely they use it right. Like you're never, you're never just like, like doing this, like eye roll that they use CG in a certain way or something, you know, you should well, watch. I it. think if I'm going to watch it, I need to, I need to watch the first one first. Oh, watch the director's <laughs> cut. Don't watch yeah. anything about the director's cut. You should definitely watch the first one first because they certainly make a lot of references to it. Yeah, and it may not be it's a it's a real dry movie at times. It, you may hate it, but I I still suggest you watch the sequel. So All right, I could do that. But that movie is iconic because it spawned 
I I'd almost say it spawns it's it's the it's the progenitor to the cyberpunk genre. I'm pretty sure most people would say that's true. I'm sure there's something else before that because it did it was based off a book. Um, but like I, I've played so many video games growing up through the 80s till now that have inspirations from Blade Runner. Shit, fucking Fallout Four has inspirations from Blade Runner in it. A newer title. Kojima made a game right. called Snatcher for the Sega CD that had a character that looked just like Deckard. Um, he fought Terminator. He fought um, instead of like human uh, synthetics. He fought like ter- like Terminators. So like it was inspired by Terminator slash uh, Blade Runner. I don't know. Just cool. I mean, if you look up if you look up cyberpunk. Like the first thing it says, early films in the genre includes Ridley Scott's 1982 film Blade Runner. Yeah. I'm excited for that video game, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you mean Metroid Exodus? Huh? No, Cyberpunk. Oh, Cyberpunk 2047? Yeah. But I want to play Metro Exodus, too. But yeah, I can't play it now because it's not on Steam. I also here's the thing. I want to play the game, but we've talked about launchers like four times. I am just not excited about splitting up my library and I didn't pre-order it in time. So because I didn't pre-order it in time, I can't get it on steam now. So I have to go buy it on the Epic store. And I like, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm going to wait. I'll wait a year. That's fine. I know that's stupid, but like I don't, I'm just sick of splitting my launchers. It's annoying. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I don't. I don't really care as much. But maybe that's because I'm already split. Like I already have games everywhere, right? Like in every freaking launcher there is. In fact, I downloaded uh, the Origin launcher just the other day so I could download the demo for Anthem. What a so shit I can game! Play that next week. It, it looks good, man. I don't know. I don't know why. You think it's shit? It looks good to me. It looks like shit. Wait, why does it look like shit? So I... One. And why is it awesome? I need you both to talk about this because I'm very interested in what this game is going to be about. Uh, well, for here's the reason why I think it looks like shit. It uses the exact same comment system from uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which was horrible. It plays and feels horribly, in my, in my opinion. There's plenty of people who like it. It's literally the exact same rigs. Um, they've actually admitted that. It's because it's still built in the Frostbite engine. Um, two, graphically, it's not as it's really not as impressive as that E3 demo they showed us. Like I'm getting so sick of companies doing that, where they show the uh, the e, like the E3 presentation. The game looks like next gen outer outer worldly awesome, and then when the real game comes out, it looks like garbage. Like if that if that trailer had not existed, my my critique of the graphics would have been more in line. Does that make sense? Okay, and then gameplay wise, it's a third person destiny. It, it, it's like I, I th- said earlier, it's like Warframe and Destiny had a baby, and then they sacrifice its soul to Satan, which is EA, and then you got Anthem. <laughs> also, it does have an impressive like customization thing going on, but it's highly likely those are all be paid, and that's not my that's not my speculation. That's most media publications are actually saying that they're going to be paid. And that's fucking annoying. So uh, as far as the customization goes, from what I read, uh, 
the only microtransactions that they're going to have are cosmetic. And um, every single cosmetic uh, thing that you can buy will be obtainable through gameplay. I'll believe it when I see it. So they, Bioware agreed. itself has said that before in SWOTOR. When they came out with the hut shop, some of the items would be found in the game that became not true. Hmm. Okay, well, I mean, that's they could definitely, you know, go back on that. But yeah, so agreed. That's and, that's yet to be seen. And then so what we have on the Internet is from the VIP. And apparently you just had loading screens upon loading screens upon loading screens. So we'll see if they have that fixed by next weekend. But that's not very good. The game didn't grab me if I but neither did Destiny. And the only reason I have Destiny is because you guys told me to get it for ten dollars. That's true. So yeah, I mean, I played just a crap ton of Destiny. I really enjoyed enjoyed that game. So if it's, See, this game is something new like Destiny, I might be interested. And that's the thing, right? Like when you're like, oh, it it looks like Destiny and Warframe had a baby. Well, the, I mean, those are two pretty good games. <laughs> I see. I, I don't. The only looter shooter game I really like is Borderlands Two. I don't like Borderlands One. I don't like the pre sequel. They just got the 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 perfect mix in two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's um, the loot system. I, I, so everyone's comparing the loot system in Anthem to like a Diablo esque loot system where you're going and shit's dropping. But that also kind of reminds me of like that's how it was in Borderlands as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Specifically Borderlands 2. I didn't play a lot of Borderlands 1. I played through it, but it was so long ago that I don't really remember it. It's not I played very good. A, yeah, I played a lot more Borderlands 2. That game was great. Yeah, they got the, they hit all the right beats in that one. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think I... You aren't necessarily into those types of games, which is fine. You don't no. have to be. Um, I'm reserving my judgment, and I'm, I'm happy that uh, they are doing the open demo they're not calling it a beta but it's, it, I mean, a, it's, fucking beta. it's a beta so here's the thing right like i get it it's a beta and then and that's why when you know when you had a bunch of people that weren't able to log in and stuff like that it's like well i mean it's a beta that ha- fucking happens everywhere they should it's well, for they testing. should change their marketing then i guess because what's well, happening so, now well, is they're getting blowback from that though because people yeah. are saying because of the demo that this is basically the live product yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm not saying that it's going in their favor by any means. But the cool thing that they're doing and the reason that they're calling it a demo um, is because some of the content that they're doing is is kind of curated for it. It's not just like an introductory or a tutorial or like the first couple levels. Um, they took some, and, and this is kind of what is making me excited for it. They took some mid-game content and they scaled it down so that you could play it during the weekend. And so I think that's a good move as far as um, getting exposure out. And that's where the demo comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but, I'm interested. Was that that next week is the thing? Uh, yeah. So February, I think it's first through the third. All weekend, it'll be open. Whether or not you can log in is yet to be seen. But <laughs> I mean, I'm going to download Fair. it and I'm going to try playing it because uh, I think it's going to give me a, uh, you know, it'll, it, should give me a little bit of time to figure out if I like it enough to buy it at the end of the month. 
I would probably wait on buying it to see how the server issues are immediately. Yeah. When it first comes out, I want to buy it right away. I mean, I probably won't buy it right away anyway because there's like other things that are yeah, kind of out right now, you know, and I, I kind of want to see how the game goes. Right now it's being kind of shed in some negative light. Uh, we'll see how next weekend brings it. Like it could get worse. It could get better. Who knows? Um, some of the people have been saying that uh, the flight feeling, the feeling of when you're flying around feels kind of janky. But the rest of the gameplay feels good. Uh, so I think it's got potential. But I guess we'll see. Well, the rest of the, like I said, the rest of the gameplay that they're, they say feels good is is almost ripped from Mass Effect Andromeda. And that was a hit or miss system for me. Like a lot of people like that. I'm not discounting that. I'm not one of them. I did not mm-hmm. like it. I preferred the old, the old way that Mass Effect used to play, which was more of a cover based thing. And they, they opened it up a little bit more for more run and gun gameplay. And then you had your teammates were much dumber. So it's, whereas in the other games, they're a little bit more tactical and you could also give your teammates better commands. You could still do it. Mass Effect Andromeda, but they were dumb, like real yeah. dumb. See, now nothing's changed. Now, instead of teammates being AI, you're playing with your friends and they're still probably dumb. Yeah. And you just give them to the commands perfect. over Discord. <laughs> but going back to the, the epic thing, though. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the Metro Exodus thing because I really want to play that game. Yeah. I So, okay. So there's a couple things that I like and there's a couple things that I don't like. Um, I like that the Epic store is being competitive. Uh, I like the fact that they are giving the, uh, developers such a big cut that it's allowing them to release the game at a cheaper price. Right. So Metro Exodus was $60. It's $60 if you buy it anywhere else. Um, but it's $50 on the Epic Game Store. And uh, I did the math. And for a $60 title, not including taxes, so just 60 bucks, if you look at like the Steam split of 70-30, uh, the developer gets like $42 per purchase. And with Epic Games, the developer keeps 88%. So even though the game price dropped to by 10 bucks to 50, they're taking home 44 out of every purchase. So they're getting more money. They're getting more money, but they're all, but at the same time, you can only buy it now if you hadn't buy it prior with Epic games. No, I know. So yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is like, that's the part that I like about it, right? It's a, it's allowing them to go through and release the game for cheaper, but actually still uh, like make more money off of it what they did bad was blacklist it from every other game publisher out there, right? You can't buy it on, you're not gonna be able to buy it on steam. It's still available as of right now on the Microsoft store, but that's going away. Uh, so like, it, it would be one thing if I had the ability, right? If I could buy it anywhere. And honestly, for me, if I had the choice of buying it on Steam or the choice of buying it on the Epic Game Launcher, I don't really give a shit what launcher it's on. I I really don't care. Uh, So I would buy it on the Epic Game Launcher because it's going to save me 10 bucks. But 
now I don't. They they took that choice away, and that's where that's yeah. where there's a problem. I've hated exclusive third party game deals since Microsoft started doing the shit in on the Xbox 360 back in the day. As a PS3, I went with PS3 because I why wouldn't I? I had a PS2 and I was a Sony loyalist at the time. Um, but like for example, um, Fallout Three had several DLC that did not show up on the PlayStation Three until a year later. Um. And I just find I just feel like that's kind of predatory a, a bit because then if I if I was really really impulsive, which I wasn't, but let's say I was, then I would also go waste money on an Xbox, then rebuy the game, then buy the DLC because I have to play the DLC. And I know there are people out there that are like that, and I just kind of feel like yeah, that's, that's what they want you to do. Yeah, I feel like that's really annoyingly bad. Yeah, wasn't in there was wasn't didn't um, PlayStation also have exclusive DLC over? So they I, they learned their lesson in the PS3 era and started deploying those same tactics a bit in the PS4 generation. I think they had some exclusive D- Destiny One DLC, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that sounds familiar. But it's been it's been it's been much less in this generation than it was the last one, like okay. way less. At least I at least I feel like that is. It could be that I'm completely wrong and it's fine. But that's primarily why, though I barely touch my console anymore because i just if it's not on pc i'm i'm good with waiting unless it's something i know will never come on pc like for example kingdom hearts 3 i don't know if it'll come to pc no kingdom hearts game has ever come to pc before that's that is a that is a a probable um it's probable that it probably will not come out on pc so i'll I'll buy it on console the same goes for the persona games atlas has yet to bring a persona game out on pc they should but they probably won't. So if the history is there, it's it's likely it's not going to come to PC. That's when I'll give in and buy it on the console. But most of the time, I'm just going to wait. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's. I'm still kind of waiting for Red Dead Two. And what sucks about that one? So you don't even they don't they even probably know. will, but they didn't do the first one. First yeah, one stayed exclusive to Xbox and PS3. You can play it on PlayStation now. Oh yeah, there you go. Can you play oh. Red Dead 2 on PlayStation now? Red Dead 1. Oh, okay, okay. So, and, you know, you got The Last of Us. I Like, if Sony didn't bring anything to PC and they just started making it available on PlayStation now, I'd be okay with that. I think that's, that's their goal. That's a pretty good platform. I don't, think they're, I don't think they'll ever let their games be, like, on a platform like Steam unless there is a bigger profit for it or PlayStation now doesn't make money or something. But I'm pretty sure that's, that's their PC strategy is PlayStation now. That's a, I mean, that's an okay strategy as far as I'm concerned. I was, uh, I'm a little eh, eh about their collection though. Uh, they don't have a whole lot on there. And uh, like just recently, there was a couple of games. Like I wanted to play, speaking of Kingdom Hearts, I wanted to play 1.5 and 2.5 uh, before the release. And uh, I was hoping that it would be on PlayStation Now, and it's not. You know who you should have asked to borrow the game from? you me no i have both of those for ps4 oh well damn it and i have i've already beaten and played them well it's too late now that's what recap videos are for man you're good yeah i know that's what i've been doing all day uh this post on wednesday but don't go on the internet i've already like go to you go to you go to youtube now the people who are deliberately posting spoilers to the game 
Mitch and I were talking about earlier today, and then I was on YouTube. I was like, God damn, I just saw one, and I had to close it. Yeah, because isn't it posting up? I haven't seen one yet, but isn't it posting up like in the thumbnail? Yeah. Yeah. It's man, annoying, that's, man. That's so shitty. Yeah. Uh, not only are they doing it, so the and the problem with the YouTube one, right, is they're posting spoilers in YouTube videos and putting the spoiler in the thumbnail. And so if you're on YouTube and you've ever watched a Kingdom Hearts video, then there is a chance that YouTube will go through and recommend one of the spoiler videos for you. Uh, and then... The other thing was um, for Twitch streamers, uh, there are a bunch of bots that are going around that are joining people's uh, streams and posting big blocks of text of spoilers. Yeah, it's Man. fucked up. Yep. Why? Why are people so so angry and and mean about this? Because they're monsters. Are I mean, people excited about this game. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts is a pretty rabid fan base. So just like the Harry Potter fan base did back back in the Snape kills Dumbledore days. So when 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 trolls smell smell it, they're gonna troll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, spoiler alert: Goofy I was, dies. I was a he. Well, we thought he died in Kingdom Hearts too, but he didn't. He was good. He's dead. Yeah, maybe he'll really die this time. It's replaced by Max. Max comes <laughs> in. He's he's now your uh, your knight, your cavalier. I Kingdom Hearts one came out when I was a junior in high school, so that's like it definitely wasn't for me then. But I was a big Square fan, so anything Square made, I played. Yeah, you know. So I was thinking about it the other day because um, I was like, oh, I'm I'm excited for this game. I really want to play it. And I'm like, you know, why did I never play uh, the first two? And I was watching people and play on Twitch, uh, and and or any of the seven, eight spinoffs that have been out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realized that when Kingdom Hearts was released, I didn't play it for the same reason that I didn't play any of the Final Fantasy games. Uh, I didn't like the Final Fantasy games because of uh, at the time I didn't want to play that the turn-based combat system that they had going on. Mm-hmm. It was boring to me. Which is funny because um, you're a big D&D guy. I am. Well, and so, and, it, and especially now, like, I think uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 is one of my all-time favorite games. Turn-based and that game. is turn-based combat system, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's great. I love it. Uh, but growing up, I did not like that style of uh, combat. And it, it just, it wasn't, I don't know. I didn't find it entertaining enough to play it. And so I thought that Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2, that was the style of combat. So I never played it because I'm like, oh, well, like that's going to be like Final Fantasy and I'm not going to like it. So I just never, never tried it, never played it or anything like that. Now I'm regretting it. It's all good, man. Yeah. We all got regrets in life. I, well, yeah, and I I actually like so if you play Kingdom Hearts one and two specifically, maybe and maybe Birth by Sleep on some of the higher difficulties, and you like action games like I do, it's a challenging game, and the, and some of the fight designs are really good. Like tonight when it unlocks, I will be playing on proud mode immediately or critical mode if it's available. I don't know if it'll be available available right away. I was also thinking about playing on the hardest difficulty. Yeah, so. Um, that's just how I roll. I love me some action games. That's why I got my Devil May Cry Five coming out soon. Yeah. So. And then, 
Sekiro, that's going to come out soon. I'm mm-hmm. excited for that one. That one's being published by Activision, is it not? Yeah. So is it going to be on the Blizzard launcher? I don't know. I'm wondering if ah. that's. I'm wondering if. Uh, <laughs> I'm wondering if that's why Anthem is releasing now because it doesn't really have any multiplayer competition because a lot of things that's releasing right now are all single player games. I wonder why that is. I don't. I don't think there's any big multiplayer release in February. Is that when it comes out next month? Uh, Sekiro. No, Anthem. Yes. I was but, I was, yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm wondering if that's why they chose to release it because it's a bizarre time of year for the a Destiny competitor to release now. But it, it does make sense in my mind now. That I think about it because most of the major releases in February are single player games. Hmm, that's a good point. You know, but it's but on the flip side to that, the only other the only multiplayer game that's coming out soon that I know of, other than Anthem, um that is that has some potential i think is uh the division two and that comes out in march so they're getting a little bit of a one-up on division two then mm-hmm. yeah that's going to be a pretty direct competitor i think yeah if well so if anthem fucks up hard then they're gonna they're gonna lose some population real quick yeah pretty much immediately like if the game isn't good off the bat it's gonna just tank yeah because i think I'm pretty sure Anthem comes out at the very end of February. It's like the 22nd or something like that. And Division comes out halfway through March. So March 15th, right? So there's like a two-week window. Let me let me check on the Anthem release real quick. Anthem release date. Uh, yeah, February 22nd. Look at that. So you got two weeks to decide. Three weeks, really, <laughs> if you like it. For either of those games, I'm I'm getting real skeptical of buying games right at launch. Mm-hmm. Just because like if you literally wait six months, most of the time the game is like 50% off and it includes all the DLC up to that point. Yeah, it it just depends on the game though. Like I so if you look at the division one, right, I would agree with you. Because that game had a lot of problems, uh, yeah. and it wasn't really fixed until patch one point four. That's when the game got good. Um, like I almost think if I had started the division one when that patch came out, I may have liked it better and actually played it. Probably, more. yeah. Because we we played it right when it came out, and it was just like, eh. and it wasn't until a while later that we went back and finished it, and then we had fun like when we went back for it, right? Yeah, exactly. So. I'm curious to see how that's going to go because they, I don't know, man, like destiny put a bad taste in my mouth because like the first game came out and it wasn't very good. And then the expansion came out and fixed it. And then the second game came out and it was like, Oh, well they must've learned from their mistakes. Right. And no. And then the expansion came out and fixed everything. So like, is the Division 2 going to come out? Are they going to learn from what they did in the previous game? Or are they going to come out with a shitty first game? In which case, yeah, I agree. Wait six months, let them patch it, and let them do all the things. But like the opposite side of that, right, uh, is if you have a game that is very community-driven, um, you, you run the risk of waiting too long, and then, you sure, you get the game on sale, but then there's nobody in the game to play with. Yeah, but if there's no one in the game to play with, then 
was it really a game that was worth buying in the first place, right? That's true. That's true. I mean, because even even the other argument could be like, oh, well, I'm going to be way behind all my friends if I wait and buy the game. Like most the thing is, like most of these games, they add these catch up mechanics when they do their sales. That's just like, oh, yeah, just go through the story and then you get all this gear that makes you love max level. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, OK, sweet. So, yeah, I think I think a division two. I, I'm going to I'm going to put, you know, if we're if we're like the stock people, you do a buy, a sell and a wait and a hold. Like I would say I would I would put a. I'd put a hold on division two and a hold on Anthem. If you got your pre-order, it's fine. If you haven't gotten your pre-order, like I would wait. Uh, if you have your pre-order, then you already fucked up. Right? You shouldn't. You shouldn't be pre-ordering games. Stop pre-ordering games. <laughs> I will happily take a dump on your Anthem cartridge or CD because I don't like Bioware. So, yep. Who buys CDs anymore? You know what I mean. On your game code, I'll take a dump on it, so you can't read it. <laughs> wash off your fecal matter off my game code, and then the, the freaking ink runs. I'm just like, ah, god damn it, Jason. That's a game you should also play, Tim. Undertale. Undertale. Mm-hmm. Yep, that one's on Steam, isn't it? You yep, it's everywhere. One before I believe. It's because it's a really good game. Because it's a good game. And I know games. I know good games. <laughs> Just play it. Finish near two yep. when you're at it. While you're at it. Yep. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. <laughs> I looked at my near play time the other day, and I have, uh, I have. 59 minutes of playtime. When you guys finally beat that, you're going to be like, man, why the hell did I wait so long? This game was amazing. Like, what the uh, hell? Well, like I was going to, I was playing near and then, and then you guys were like, hey, go buy Final Fantasy 14. So now I'm playing that. Well, it's fine. I, it, another square title. It's cool. You'll get to it. Yeah. I, I mean, I've actually just realized like all of the games that I look at in my library that I'm like, wow, like these games, like some of them, it's like, wow, it's an entertaining game or wow. I really like that game or wow. I really, really, really like that game. Like they're all square games. Yeah. (laughs) They, they had a lull point for a little bit in the PS3 generation in my mind. And now they're kind of slowly coming back. Hardcore. I say Japan's coming back. Hardcore. Actually, Japan's coming back with a vengeance. Like you, you do. They do have their scandals, and it's usually Square Enix that does something stupid. But like, you don't really hear as many weird scandals like you do with American companies right now. You're like, everyone's like, Capcom's the best. They released Resident Evil Two remake. We love them. <laughs> you know, near <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen. Where's our remake? Blah blah blah. Like the biggest Final like Final Fantasy fifteen was a good game. Like the Tomb Raider games have been really good. I'm sure Kingdom Hearts would be great. I mean, I'm excited. What we got? It's 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 Wednesday when it's post, but we have 45 minutes until Mitch and I can play. Yep, 45 minutes until we disappear. Yep. But I don't know. I think Japan's coming back with a vengeance. It's too bad Konami sucks. Because man, if Konami didn't suck, they have such a good library of titles. Like if they came back with like a Sukoden 
Like, I would even take a remake at this point. If they want to reboot Sakodin, I would be happy. I don't care. But that's, believe it or not, my favorite RPG series of all time forever is Sukoden, especially Sukoden 2. I haven't played any of those games. Nope, because for the longest time, Sukoden 2, you couldn't get unless you wanted to shell out $250. That's how rare it was here. Wow. Crap. Yeah. And it wasn't until PSN or Konami finally released it on PSN for like, know, like 15 bucks or whatever. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm going through, uh, I'm looking at a list of Konami games. I don't think I've played any of them. Yeah. Konami at one point was my favorite publisher. Oh, wait, hold on. Did they make the original Bomberman for N64? Probably. I don't know. Because I see that there's a Bomberman in here, but I don't see that Bomberman. Like, I really like Bomberman. Growing up for me from like Nintendo to PlayStation 2, Konami made the best games in my mind. They had Contra, Metal Gear, Sukoden, um, Zone of the Enders, most of them Kojima games, uh, Castlevania, like just awesome stuff. And they fucked it up. Hmm. They fucked it up. I there, It'd be a time when Konami would release anything and I'd buy it. That was back in the PS1 area, probably, I'd say. Silent Hill, can't forget about that. Now you feel that way about Square? No, I'm still skeptical of Square because they had that lull period. Like in my off time, I've been replaying Final Fantasy 13 slowly, and I kind of appreciate it more. But I I still see its glaring flaws, and it really annoys me. Like what isn't flawed about Final Fantasy 13 is its battle system is uh, very fun to play, but its its level design is shit, and the fact that most of its story is in data logs is a little annoying. I hate when they do that. It's completely counter to how Dark Souls does it by putting things in item descriptions or like in the environment itself. It's just like, here's a data log. Read. Hmm. Read. Go ahead and read this. Yeah. I mean, that's also pretty counter to how a how normally a Final Fantasy game would present itself. Yeah. Because like Final Fantasy doesn't normally put all of its put all of its story in things you have to just like read and items and shit. Yeah. So it's that was that was made during that time and it was it was a pretty game and it had a, a really good combat system but i hate most of the characters but like i said i'm going through it slowly i'm gonna give it another shot i've beaten it before so i haven't played any of its sequels either so but now that they're cheap on the cheap i think i got final fantasy 13 for ten dollars <laughs> i got final fantasy 13 2 for like five and i don't remember what i got lightning returns for something really cheap so yeah that's why i'm skeptical skeptical of square um because they are coming back with a vengeance but they have had their lull points and it's not square it's square enix it, it's the, the whole company that does that so we'll see so it's almost kingdom hearts three time so expect uh next week we'll talk about the game with the big spoiler oh, tag yes yeah so many spoilers. We might even be done with the game by then. I hear it's pretty big. Like the, I know the it, I know the world size is way bigger than the other games. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So, it, what uh, are you saying? We might be done or might not be. We done? We might not be done. Oh yeah, yeah. Tim, okay, okay, Tim okay. will be jealous of us hanging out with Donald and Goofy and Mickey. And Mickey will be secretly taking our money and putting it into the Disney streaming service. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. 
Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited to hear what you guys think. Yeah. About that game. We'll see. I'm gonna be over. I'll I'll be you know playing Final Fantasy 14 the whole time, getting ahead of Mitch. Yeah, it's all right. Well, if you manage to make it to the end of this podcast, you should subscribe to us on YouTube and like our videos. And also, if you're a remote podcast listener, listener, you should give us a review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And stuff. please give us a review. Give us a review, and always remember: first commenter on YouTube gets themselves pinned fraternity until YouTube blows up. Yep. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.